This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome to the Sub 70 podcast two characters that need no introduction to the podcast or social media, Danny Woodhead and Commander Jack Reagans here to talk a little uh, golf, maybe a little football at the end, a little bit of the USGA getting into a major type of event. So this is going to be fun, boys. I'm looking forward to this. So hope you guys are all doing well. And uh, my first question is, DW, yep. what have you just done? You got yourself into USGA event man like that is impressive like that is hard to do people play their whole amateur careers for a USGA start and you've been retired for what from the league like two or three years and all of a sudden boom you're there so yeah first off congrats thank you secondly how satisfying is this that because like I know like you work as hard at golf now as you did in your NFL career like this is your excuse me this is your passion like you love this how satisfying is it to get from where you started taking the serious to get into where you've just gotten into? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I, uh, I mean, this is, as Jack knows, this is like a, this is literally like a goal of mine that I'm accomplishing. Um, I mean, I have plenty of other goals that I won't probably mention on here cause I don't like to share them all, but, um, yeah, it's, this, this is a huge one. I, we, we played in the Nebraska Am, and we were in contention to win it. And on, on Sunday, we didn't, play, we didn't play that great. And, you know, it was one of those things where we were both frustrated. And me, I don't, I don't know if Mike would agree, but I was kind of the voice of reason when I was done. I was like, there's a few things we just laughed about because it's like we had eight birdies on the final day and shot like, nothing good i think we shot even like you can't even i mean it was at fremont which is a very tight course and bogeys are everywhere but it was amazing that we did that and like i think he was disappointed i was disappointed but i was like you know what this will be good because before coming into this we said we would love to win it but our goal is to get to chambers bay and you know that's something that ended up and ended up happening i mean we went out, Mike, Mike played really good. We were, it was blowing probably anywhere from 20 to 30. Uh, I mean, maybe even 25 to 30 is what it was consistently at. And I, I'm going to be honest, Mike, Mike, I mean, he, he carried us for, you know, a lot of it because he was just, he was, his putter was rolling. Um, I mean, did I come up with a few big holes? Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't have my stuff. Like, and that's that's the thing that's kind of interesting is we've talked about as like man if we would have both been on it would have been very very I don't want to say easy because that's any USGA like qualifying event but like we wouldn't have had to go to a playoff like it wouldn't have been my guess Riggs we probably would have been five six under if if we would have both been on or or if I would have just been solid not even like real real playing real well but if we would just been solid. I, th- I think it would have been – we would have been five, six under even in that win because we both – our our ball flights are usually okay in wind. Um, but he played great. He he carried us on a lot of holes. 
Um, I didn't play my best, but I had some holes that I actually played really well, but I just had a couple where I, I just struggled and I struggled with the greens a little bit because they were rolling faster than they ever do there. Wouldn't you agree with that Riggs? But yeah, for sure. I mean, the course was set up and, and Jason, you've played, we, it was at Firethorn, the USGA qualifier. If, if we didn't say that was at Firethorn. So it was rolling, but then the wind and yeah. the rolling. Uh, yeah, it was set up like you would expect any type of USGA and then, you know, fall wind. Now that's just a whole different thing. It was one of those things too, like as far as how satisfying, I would say, man, this is one of the most satisfying people laugh, but like athletically for me because football is what I was, I really feel like God designed me to do. And I don't want to say it came easy, but that's what I was, a, that's what my profession was. So not that it wasn't satisfying to be, be, be successful or be in the league. It was, but I, I would say this type of feeling ranks up there with that just because it's like something I'm not supposed to do. Like exactly. Right. Like you're not supposed to be out of the league. And then in this, right. This short of a period playing in a USGA event, legitimate USGA event, right. You're supposed to just kind of go shoot 80. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's like, okay, move on. But like, you know, fortunately, I, I, I am super blessed with the abilities God gave me because I do have pretty decent hand-eye coordination. I have decent hands, so it helps in short game and just different different areas in golf, obviously. And he blessed me with speed, too, so that, that has helped. But, uh, man, it's just – it's still not what – like, I'm much better at football than I am golf. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, this was in some ways – more satisfying and and even like it's been crazy like mike and i talk about it michael wilhelm he's he's my four-wall partner it's kind of like now it's setting in and it's like wait we're we're going to a usga event like a national championship because that's what they they call them their national championships and it's like whoa that's that's pretty cool like that's really cool i agree uh, I got to ask your caddy though. Um, so Commander Riggins, you're on the bag. You've uh, you've dealt with pressure a little bit before in your previous career. So when you're and we all have fun when we're hanging out and we're kind of playing competitive golf, but we're giving each other you know shit all the time. But this is serious, and I know like you're taking this serious when you're caddying for Danny. And he so, had no diarrhea. No diet. Right. He had none of his problems. He was you know bottled up. He was good to go, focused. But I think an interesting question is when you're caddying for Danny and the work you guys do at Performance Mountain and everything that you're kind of around, but you're friends with Danny, how do you then take your role when you're trying to get him over this hump to get to a USGA event? Are you, are you trying to keep him lighthearted? Are you laughing? Like, how did you look at your role to help? You know, it's a team effort to get you guys, you know, over that hump and out to, out to Chambers. How did you approach it there, Rickens? Well, I think like <clears> – <throat> you know, there's probably a upside and a downside to that, right? In in this case, Danny and I are so close and, and also play competitively, you know, not only against each other, but in the events around here. And, you know, Danny's a step ahead of where I'm at. That doesn't mean that I'm not chasing. And, and, and what I would say is Danny's right when he says, like, as a golfer, you know, not every, some people play socially and stuff. Like, we play to be the best we can be and wherever that can take us right it's this constant quest and in the case of 
you know, if you're in the amateur ranks, it's your, it's your local cities, then it's your states and national. And so, yeah, it's a bucket list event. And so I believe like anytime you can be part of it in that quest, it's pretty awesome. And so, you know, in this case, you know, where Danny's at plane wise and his partner, Mike, you know, they're a few steps above me. So I know that, but I also know in the case of Danny, his personality on the course. And I mean, he may look like he's kind of happy go lucky and, and he'll always crack jokes, but you know, he's competing every stroke. And I I've known that since I met him, I mean, we've gotten into playing nine holes and, you know, we're just kind of lollygagging around. And then it's like, Hey, you want to play for five bucks? And we never play for more than five bucks. And, and I mean, it's on and like, we're not talking and we're joking, but we're not talking. And, and so I just know that it's important to Danny and I've been able to this summer having hip surgery. Like I wasn't going to play and Danny kind of talked to me and he's like, come on, you're playing enough now you can get in a tournament. And so like, you know, we did some practice rounds, played a few tournaments. I carried for you somewhere. Um, but you know, in the end, I just think being friends, you know, helps you understand the personality and how to try to keep them focused. You know, what was apparent that day is I don't think the course we played at, I've played enough with Danny. I mean, it's my home course. I don't think it sets up good for his eye. Um, just traditionally, I mean, it takes some guys a little while and then the wind and, you know, Mike and him are a great compliment. I, you know, I look at it like boxing, you know, you, you have punchers and you have, you know, boxers. And so they have a nice combo there. You know, Mike's more of a boxer. Danny can be a puncher. Now Danny can be a boxer too, but when you put them together in a team, the way I look at it is, you know, Danny can throw a knockout punch, right? And Mike's going to kind of be consistent and, and Danny can be consistent, but you know, not Danny, that course though. That's like you right. said, like it just but, doesn't fit my eye. I have to punch there. Right. And Danny has very elite level speed and distance. And we all know in golf, that can be a huge advantage. Um, And so it was just about really us talking every hole to keep you going. I mean, it's not like you were ever out of the fight, but it took a while. And the only stress as a team we had is, you know, Mike kind of going, you know, okay, next hole you know, right. and, and kind of when's Danny engine going to get going. And then it got going mid round and, you know, we were good cause it does take a team. Um, but the stress the as a team, we felt was Mike, not, you, you know, Mike kind of like, okay, I'm holding us together, but we got to get going. And so anyway, with Danny, it's just honestly letting Danny be Danny and, you know, me being me. I mean, we have a, we make jokes. Um, and we're serious at the same time. This is what I'll say, and I'll end with this. Uh, <laughs> anybody at Chambers, stand by, because I would not want to play alongside us um, because Danny and I are chattering the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike requires a level of chatter, and and when we're looking at putts and stuff, like we're in the zone, in our own little competitive bubble, right? And we're not – obviously, we're within the rules of golf, but my point is – we're working, we're working the process. And, and that's, I, we're not afraid of what others may think of us out there. You know what I mean? But I, I, there were times I was thinking, man, 
these guys, like, whether we shoot 100 or 65, like, we're grinding on every shot and trying to win, right? It's clear we're there to win. So, well, um, and, yeah, it's a and great I, and, dynamic. And I think that's the thing that's so important. I, I will say this. You catch me a month ago, like, is completely different than where I was at at that point. And um, so what ex- excites me is we, even, even Mike, Mike was hitting putts and stuff, but there were even a couple holes because of the wind. Like he, you know, it, it was just, it's hard. And, and the thing is, if we can both get somewhat on board come chambers, I'm very excited to see what could happen because we have a lot of time to, to get ready in, the thing that I will tell you and Jack knows this and you know, this is I will put in the hours. And when I mean hours, I mean multiple, multiple, multiple hours. And Mike's the same way. So come Chambers Bay, I think we'll be ready. Now is the course going to set up for us? I don't know. Some people have told me that they, that have played there. Yeah. yeah they, there's they, some they, room. They, they, well, in, in more than anything, um, it just sets up for, we both hit the ball lower too and we can hit it screaming. So I think that's going to be interesting. Um, it's, I think what's going to really, it's going to come down to is can we make putts because they're going to have them set up pretty spicy. You know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be rolling. Well, you won't be facing what they had for the U S open. I think the greens got redone. They did. Yeah. That. yeah. 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 So that'll be, you know, they're going to be a heck of a lot smoother, but I think it'd actually be a good golf course for your game from, you played well in Dismal, a little bit more with off the tee, especially than like Firethorn, which I like Firethorn kind of fits my game where it's like you got to plot it to here, then hit it to here. Yeah. And, try and, to it, and, and I on. just, and well, and, and the other thing is, is I don't, especially when it's windy like that. And I'm, I tend to, when it gets windy, I tend to sway a little. Well, that's terrible for my swing because I'm going to come over the top. I'm going to hit it spinny. It's just not good. It just, it really isn't good. I don't mind. It's funny because like playing Fremont, I've played some of my best golf in tournaments at Fremont. And that's the tightest course, probably one of the tightest courses in Nebraska, or at least in the, the tournaments we play. So I can get, it's, it's weird because if it's real, sometimes that kind of tames me back too. And I still will hit driver every once in a while, but uh, I just kind of, I just play, play positions. And I think for some reason, I just, and Jack, like Jack said, I've never, I've never played good at Firethorn. And I have no idea why, except that it doesn't fit my eye. And I don't even know why it doesn't fit my eye. Oh, I can, I mean, from playing it once, I would, I would have needed to, I need to play that place almost backwards, see the whole, look at it from the other angle, go, okay, I can go here, here, and here. I thought it was tricky. I liked it. That was a really great golf course, but you got to be really precise. The margin of error is very, very little out there. Right. And, and, and the thing Pete die, right? Like it's yeah. just typical Pete die. Well, and the thing is if, if it was a four ball changes my game plan too a little bit, like if it was a, if it was a state am, I'm probably not hitting driver, but on a couple holes, I'm probably hitting three wood and, and rescues. I agree. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, that, you, because you I'm long enough. The course that, gives you right, right, and and I'm I do hit the ball long enough that I mean I can hit a hybrid out there 250, 260, and it's like that's going to be enough on most par fours. 
I was going to, somebody asked this question, which I thought it was interesting uh, from Twitter of when you're in that high level competition, do you look back to your NFL career of maybe even just from a mental side of it, of like pressure and just dealing with it and not letting the moment get too big and just going through your process. Does that ever come back up when you're playing golf of anymore? I know it's a different sport, but yeah, same, same concept of like, okay, I've done the work, I've done the prep. I've got this sort of scenario. Does it, does that, what you used to do for a living come into play for golf at this juncture? Uh, I don't think so because well, it, it may mentally like some of the stuff that I, I, the way I handle myself mentally, but like even when I played in the league, um, say I'm at the Super Bowl, you know, I never look back on the season and be like, you know what? I was able to do this back then. I've just been such an in the moment person. I don't ever think of in the past that it's, it's just too hard for me to do like not too hard. I just have no interest in it because even if I won on a wheel route in week three, it doesn't freaking matter. I have to do it in the Super Bowl. So like, I don't, I don't get like confidence out of that. It just, that's not how my mind works. It's like, no, I'm just going to be better than them and I'm going to get open. So when it comes on the golf course, especially like in that windy day, this, it was just different. There were a couple holes. I willed some birdies and, and that's just all it was. Uh, and, and it was because I was just like, well, you know, I might as well try to get a birdie <laughs> because I'm, I'm not, I'm not hitting it great, but you can still find ways to birdie. You can still, even though I didn't, I wasn't hitting great shots. There are a couple holes that I hit great shots because you just kind of figure it out. It, I, but never did I think about anything football but I did think about, I love having this feeling of the butterflies and of the, yeah. um, just that feeling. I really, I enjoy it. And I, and I take it as, I take it as challenge, a, a huge challenge. And you are taking Riggins out to Chambers. You're not going to replace him with a local. You're letting Jackie, he's coming with. Well, you know, you know, Greller, Spieth's guy yeah. is, is from there. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's very tempting but no, Riggs, Riggs will be on the bag. I kind of look at like Ocean's 12 or 11, like <clears throat> I may oh just travel God. inside the suitcase um, <laughs> or the golf bag. And uh, one way or another, I'll be there. I mean, I, and I won't heckle them if I'm off the bag. I'll just be following, you know, outside the ropes. But as of right now, I think I'm, it's, it's my position to lose. Let's put it that way. No, he's, he's on the bag and it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it is perfect though for us too, because he knows my game. I know he knows my game and we're good enough friends, obviously that he can give his opinion, but we're also good enough friends where I'm like, that's, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. You know, like not dumb, but I'll just in my head, I'll be like, no, I'm good rigs. Well, that that's what I was going to say when you asked too, Jason about the NFL is like, I've been around Danny, like getting to know him competitively golf. We help other athletes, you know, together and, you know, you don't have to worry about Danny being there and, and ready to go. If anything, you have to worry about him as a caddy pressing too hard sometimes um, and getting back in the rhythm, right? But that's the thing I, I, I respect about Danny and why it's fun to be on the bag. And Mike, his partner, is the same way, but they're different personalities a little bit, um, is that, you know – like I said, Danny's there to compete. Um, he'll, if he doesn't like an idea, say a putt, he'll be like, I got it. I got it. You know? So I know the body language. I know the, the, uh, 
you know, the tone in the voice with Danny. And then I also know if he's like, Hey, you know, what, what do you think here? Do you, do you see it here? Do you see it? You know, where he's really asking for legitimate advice. Um, and so for the most part, like with somebody that, you know, this means a lot to, um, you know, you're a try not to disappoint him, but you're just worried about the things like, okay, they're, they're a little off. Like, do I need to say something or what's the right words? Right. In the case of Danny, I think all I kept saying, cause there were a couple of times where you were getting quick at the top mm-hmm. is, you know, I was just saying an easy transition, an easy transition. Cause I play with them enough to know, you know, Danny's 50% speed works anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, but I also know what it's like to press. And, you know, in this case, um, probably the only mistake we made, Danny, was we didn't discuss scoring um, before the round. And so I was keeping the digital score, which I think most yeah. of have gone to. And so I knew where we stood. I didn't look at it till 10. So then every hole, as I inputted it, I kept checking. And we didn't discuss if they wanted to know numbers or not and know we, numbers. And, and we probably should have. Like, that. that's yeah. something that even after – Mike's like, that's something I want to know. And for me, that's kind of something I want to know too. But I was so in the moment and I was kind of just working through things. I didn't think about it because, but it doesn't really matter because we got in. Now, when we're at Chambers Bay, maybe the front nine of the first day, we won't pay attention. But after that, we're paying attention. I want to know where I'm at. Like, that's just the type of player I am. I can still play my, the people that say, you know, I don't want to know where I got to play my game. I'm, I'm capable of playing my game, even if I know where we're at. I want to know where I'm at too. I I, I don't know how, like I I'll follow Tigers League on, on that one, right? Like, tell me yeah. where I'm at. I want to know the information. I want to know it because if I don't know it, like that's not going to help me. Like, I'm not going to if if I suck after knowing it. Say say we shot five under on the front nine, and we're like, where are we at? Oh, you guys are up there. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna shoot two over because of that. We'd shoot two over because I sucked. That's why we'd shoot two over, not because I read that we were on top of the leaderboard through nine holes. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my and life. And then you fire Riggins and bring in Greller. If it's two over on the back, right. blame the caddy. Oh, Riggins absolutely. out, Greller in, Riggins without goes a, to the Mexican restaurant. Done. So it's a, it's a short three, leash. Three super burritos, and, you know, that's just what it well, is. Well, you just give me a burrito out of the bag and tell me to get it's outside fine. the ropes. I'm happy. Fair. Hey, I was going to ask you too, what'd you think of, I know you went down with the no laying up guys and I love the work yeah. they did. How much fun was that? How good of a golf course is Sweetens? Oh, that course is unbelievable. Uh, I, I also was able to play with Rob Collins and awesome dude, but just the, it's uh, the playability, but like anyone can play there, but you also can, there's dr- greens you can drive and whatever, but you can be in such a random spot and you almost drove the green and pars a good score because the undulations just like, and then to keep it on a certain level, you have to be so precise. So it's, you could go super low there, but you could also like shoot, not the score that you think you should be shooting by like a wide margin. Was Jason bone down there with you guys for that one? Yeah. Bone was down there. Great how, dude. How good does he hit? It's still, yeah, he, he still does. It's pretty He's, good. He still hits it really good. Great, great guy. And then uh, Lauren Coughlin, she's an LPGA player. She's down there, and she's so good, just so consistent. 
Got to bring up another topic. Our buddy, Matt Slauson. Uh, yeah. uh, I always said things happen in threes. Um, I don't know if there's an update. I know he's put this out on Twitter, so I'm comfortable putting it out there. But he had sure. the bull roping experience where the oh, bull gosh. dragged him with about 30 yards before he gave up, uh, trying to help the neighbor get a bull into a trailer. Then he stabbed himself on accident with the pocket knife in the chest, uh, doing some sort of work around the farm. Is he okay? Has there yeah. been any third incident of, uh, you know, I don't even know what could be next, a uh, broken foot from a piece of machinery falling on there? It feels like there's got to be, hopefully, and I'm wrong, I'm not going to, what one last piece, hopefully minor, then we can put these three things behind us and he's, he's yeah. off. So is there any updates on... His on overall slaw. health. Yeah, on slaw, so is he okay? If anyone wants to hear the full, full story, go go check our podcast out. I'm not trying to just come in and get get listeners. But if you want to know the full story, it's on the Out of Nowhere podcast. But anyways, yes, Slauson, great dude, unbelievable guy. Tried to help a neighbor out with a bull, getting him in a trailer. Next thing you know, he's hanging on for dear life in – it's like he's a rag doll. The bull took him, and he was a rat, an absolute rag doll. And I asked him, like, why didn't you let go? And he's like, I, my ego wouldn't let me do it. Yeah, how, how, how ridiculous is that? That's typical Slauson. Then the next thing, what, was, what were the three? Or are we going to not three yet. The, the no, no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tell you number two, and then I'm also going to tell you what happened before some of this when he was in Omaha or when uh, our buddy Rick Johnson was in Omaha and he came up. Well, he then, his wife asks him to take down, I don't know if it was some shelving or something. Well, he pulls the shelving down. Well, the nail's stuck somehow. And he's like, oh, man, I don't really want to go to the garage to get a hammer. So he gets this freaking rusty old pocket knife, and he's, like, digging it out. Like, first of all, that's not good for the, for the wall, for the drywall. Don't dig out a nail. That just doesn't make sense. Well, what he does is he puts two hands on it and starts prying it. And he's like, just trying to just get it out, get it out. Next thing you know, he uses a bunch of force and he has two hands on the pocket knife and just, he whiffs basically and stabs himself right in the heart. Not, doesn't make a lot of sense. I saw the wound. Like it was a, like a, like go to the hospital and get it stitched up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But does he go to the hospital? No. He calls up a buddy or someone they know that's a doctor, a, a family doc because he's like, I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay it because if I go to the emergency room, it would be this, this, and this. And it's like, man, if I stab myself in the heart, I'm going wherever the heck I have to go to get that fixed. But he says, no, I'm going to call up this cat. And he goes over, has to just sit around with it for I don't know how long, and goes over to the doctor's house. And said, he goes, oh, man, like, how, how many inches deep do you think that is? He goes, I don't know, an inch or two. And he goes, well, that's kind of important. He goes, an inch, you're fine. We can stitch it up. Two inches, we need to go to the emergency room. He goes, oh, it was an inch. It was an inch for sure. <laughs> and so he, he gets that stitched up. I mean, the dude's a walking, like, chance at death, but not, not on purpose, but a walking chance at death. And then he does some other things, which I don't even get. We're playing golf. We have him out to OCC. We're playing golf, and on the whole 16 or 17, we're team, and he dislocates his rib. We go, what? He goes, yeah, I, I did. 
from a I, golf swing or did he fall? Well, he has enough problems. You know what I'm saying? Just with everything that he does, he's so hard on his body. So we're playing the last few holes and he can barely even swing. So he calls me, I don't know if he called me that night or it was the next day, but he was in bed and it's just like hurting. So what he did <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And he just like takes his body and shifts it and throws his rib back into place. Cause he had done it before. Oh. And I'm like, She's like, and Cammy's like, what'd you do? She's, he's like, oh, I just had to put my rib back into place. Like, who even knows to do that? Like, I don't even get that. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't has, think it would hurt. Riggins, you, you, you've done some crazy stuff when you were in the military. Can you throw a rib back in? Is that but obviously, obviously, if you're a former, you know, 315-pound offensive lineman, it's possible. Because <laughs> I don't think I could. I think I would just you know. Call- the thing with slot is I see this a lot. I went through it myself. I got, you know, I got out of the SEAL teams and I fell off my roof, hurt myself. I uh, crashed a motorcycle. I mean, it just goes on and on. And it, so there's like this transition where if you're some kind of like former action guy, meaning at when I say that, I mean, at some point in time, they made a doll of you. Literally, they made a doll of your profession and what you do. And you know how it is with those dolls, like over time, it's like kids pull an arm off. And, you know, so if you do these things for like 20 years or 10 or 15, you know, like Matt Sloss and Danny Woodhead, although I think Danny's a little sharper than the rest of us, um, you're going to go through that year or first two years out of your action guy mode where we really should put everybody in a bubble because I don't know what it is, but we will find ways to try to hurt ourselves not not intentionally right just it's what we do and um and it's almost like you're a little bit lost for a year or two if you don't wake up every morning feeling banged up so what do you do the you stab yourself accidentally <laughs> or <laughs> well, you know, that, well he's had his threes right they had the, yeah a rib injury of putting it I, oh man i had one rib cracked once it was brutal i couldn't golf for like three months i can't imagine maneuvering it but I mean, for people that don't know, the best well, he way. He tore to, his bicep last year. Yeah. The best way to describe Slauson is the first story. So, NFL offensive lineman, big man, very athletic, though. You know, he can hit a golf ball. But really, you should think about the bull. Like, that's him. He is like the human bull. So, really, I mean, we should have said, like, the bull pulling Slauson, like, I mean, I get it. That was like a fight to the death in his mind. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing when he addresses a golf ball. I'm like, is he going to, like, break that club, beat that club on his head, or hit the golf ball? Like, what's going to happen every time he addresses it? And, but he's a character, and uh, there'll be more. There'll be more. Oh, yeah. Can he yell boom out oh, at gosh. Omaha oh. Country Club? Is oh, that still loud out there? Oh, yeah. uh, he did. I don't know if it's okay. allowed, but he does it. Okay. No one's gonna. And say I haven't anything. got a letter in my locker or anything. How about well, he shows Reagan. up? He shows up for the USGA qualifier, and let me just tell you, our group, like him and his um, ranching buddies, show up in full ranching attire. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous, and I was waiting for boom to come out. Um, it didn't. But then I realized as I was looping the bag, I'm like, this is straight out of tin cup. Like, I'm carrying the bag for cup here. Danny, <laughs> there's me, Rome's, and then 
you know who you know who Sly is. He's the guy. If Danny fires me in the big TCU shirt, that's gonna come grab the bag. It's sort of what, yeah, it's a microcosm of, I'm picturing this in my head because I know the cast of characters, that's exactly what this was. It was crazy. I was, I was just like worried because we're trying to compete. I mean, the two guys are trying to compete. I'm just trying not to be in the freaking way. And then I'm like, oh God, Slaw's going to yell some football thing or a bubba boom. And uh, no, he didn't. He, we went, he, he watched us for like 12 holes, but uh I can report that he is okay. I think Danny can as well. All's yeah. well. All's Did well he have well. the belt buckle on or anything and the cowboy hat when he was out following no. you? Did he no. Have the, I think he had the belt buckle, but he didn't have the cowboy hat. No cowboy hat. He didn't hat. have the hat on. Did he? Yes. No, I didn't think he had the cowboy hat. Well, I thought he just had a normal hat. He had some on. sort of vest on, though. I don't know. I mean, they looked like they were ready for combat with a bull or they were going to defend their right. land from the Bureau of Land. Law looks like he could have came out of a Western movie or something. <laughs> That's why I'm picturing him like, you know, the, the big belt buckle with an S on it and the cowboy hat, which makes him about six foot nine. Oh, for boots. sure. That'd Without a doubt. I don't know if he could get in the tight Wranglers, though. He can't. Uh, yeah, I, 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 was, might, I don't think his legs are going to work for you that one. you got to buy those at big, big boy store, yeah. big huskies. Well, I'm glad to hear he's open. So let, let's say that things happen in three, like I was saying earlier, the rib could be the third thing. We're all clear. The big guy is good. So He's alive. He's doing well. Well, pass on a hello from me. Is there any other uh, interesting topics besides, uh, wow, you're in a USGA event. Um, go, DW, I got to ask, I mean, people are going to listen to this. NFL, yeah. uh, quick synopsis of the season so far. What teams stand out? Yeah. And is this, is, I've noticed this, don't, and I haven't talked to you about this, but is the play a little odd this year of consistency? Is that probably just from the strange start of the year with no – I think – yeah, I think some of that. I, th- I mean, let's not – I mean, the, the thing is, it's different too, just not playing in front of fans. I remember like you would have practice and like it's different. You're going to get it – even though it's in a game, it's, it's just still different. The energy of a, the fans and – having 70,000 people there is completely different. Um, some of it's sloppy, yeah. Um, it's just a lot of weird. And, I mean, I, like, I still enjoy watching it. If I didn't play in the NFL, it would be probably harder for me to watch it now. Just with all the weirdness of no fans, the COVID. Like, I mean, if one person gets COVID that uh, works upstairs in the ticketing office, they're panicking like no one should play football um i think that's a little bit weird all the doctors said hey it's everyone's gonna get it yada 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 so i i think there's the overreaction not overreaction but kind of overreaction because some people are going to get it we understand that um but that's made things really odd it's just oh there's four people that get it and none of them actually have symptoms but we're going to make it sound like the world's ending. So it's just, I think it takes fans off of it. Like what's going on? Whereas because that's what I lived, I watch it just because I love the game of football, but it is the, the talent is still there. Everything's still there. It's just, I think there's just a lot of weird going on. Any one team that you're watching so far early in the season kind of going, I mean, I I just, I I watch, I watch former teammates. So I I watch the bucks. I watch the, uh, the Colts. I still wa- I still have a few friends on the Patriots, uh, and then a couple friends um, on some other teams too. 
Oh, by the um, way, you called it this summer that Phil would be really good on on indie. Yeah, I, I just I, I think he'd be really good on anything, pretty much. Yeah. You know, and 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 the thing is, so so many people wrote him off because if you're older and you have one bad game, people think you're the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. And I I think that's that's the dumbest you know take that you could ever have. And all these analysts are are saying this, and it's like guys like. You played. A lot of you guys played. Let's not say dumb stuff. Let's just use a use your brain. And he's a really good quarterback, and he's going to be a he's going to continue to be a really good quarterback until he just wants to retire. Same with Tom. Like people are questioning Tom. It's like, well, he's pretty good. Um, and we're just going to have to the people that hate him. You're just going to have to live with that. Oh, well, he looked pretty good last night. Yeah. <laughs> that way. yeah exactly. Whoa. Yeah, it's like okay, there's Tom Brady. He's back. Um, right, Jason. Yes, sir. I'm I'm glad you brought up Philip and Tom because when you caddy for Danny Woodhead, it's actually pretty easy. When you find yourself stuck, you just say, "What would Tom Brady or Philip Rivers do?" That's all you have to think, and then and I, and I just handle like, that, and you give it to Danny, and boom, it happens. Yeah, I don't know if if you said that on the course, I'd be like. I don't. I don't know if I, I fought with Tom, or I, fought, I fought with them both on the on the field. So I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> oh, that never came up. But I was laughing. Oh man! Actually, what's been really cool, uh, and you've probably seen some of it, is obviously we kind of know around golf. Anytime another type sport person does something kind of cool in golf, it usually kind of catches a little fire. Yeah, and it has been cool to see uh, Danny and Mike. You know, getting some press in the golf nation well, which, you, know, it, you don't like, expect that especially like standing there as we did you know into the playoff and how we got into the playoff because it's just your own little story but then to see some of it play out is has been kind of fun and no that's why i want to do the podcast because literally the odds of dw doing this is not high and no offense against you dw like you're not no. supposed to be there right this I is supposed agree. to I be totally agree. guys who played d1 golf at auburn for four years who have a investment banking job and their job is to play high-end amateur golf and they're right but they've been doing it like you did it for football the whole time that's the guys you're competing against you're right. not supposed to retire two or three years ago pick up golf and get to this level and i think that's the interesting part there people like you mean that danny woodhead the football guy isn't a USGA event. No, I, I played with you. I know how good you are. I know how hard you work at it. But I think the right. I think why the story caught on is because exactly what I'm saying. That it doesn't, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And they're like, you got to like that's an interesting story, Riggins, right? Because like he's not supposed to be there. Not supposed to be there. The pedigree, in theory, I'm using air quotes. That's for the guys who just who play in those events as I described, where they're like top-ranked amateur players, usually play D1 golf, may have tried playing professionally. That's the guys who are playing at, you know, that high of a level for the most part. And all of a sudden, you know, NFL gets in there. It's like, whoa. I think that I think that's what I love, though. Is I, I do, love, too. I, I love that, like, people are like, oh, yeah. Like, and I'm sure some people are like, oh, yeah, you're playing in those events. Yeah, have fun. You know, you get to play a new course. And it's like, I, I don't really see it like that. And I, I, I like I like that, though. I like that people are don't see me as should be good. But I'll tell you what, like, that'd be, we, that'd be super, super awkward if this is what I did for a long time. Or if, like, you know, say someone we're playing with is 
that's what they've done and that's what they've trained to do. And Mike and I are able to beat them, you know, well, I don't think it's, then it doesn't feel good for them probably. Right. Well, they think you, I, I think people could think you could be good because you're naturally a great athlete, but there's a difference between being good at your club in a zero handicap golfer, as you well know, versus guys playing in USGA events. Right. Right. That's a, that is a big stretch, right? That's a, that's a big talent difference to get to that level of playing in USGA events versus being a scratch player at your club. That's what I think people are impressed about, right? Because there's a big gap between those two things. Both impressive, right? It's hard to be a zero handicap. But when you're playing in USGA events, I think that's where people are kind of going to tip the hat to you and say, I mean, you can't fake your way into it. Like you got to earn your way into it. But the story, that's the part to me that is so interesting. And to be honest, improbable for the period of time you've put into playing golf at a high level. You've accomplished a lot really quick, which makes for a cool story. Hence why I wanted you guys on the podcast to talk about it because it is hard to do. What you've done is really, really hard to do. Most people never get to play in the USGA band. I'll never play in the USGA band. I'm not good enough. But for you guys to accomplish it and put the work in to do it, I think that's why the story is caught on because like you said, yeah. it's sort of at some level like a Cinderella story or an act two. Right. Not that yeah. many athletes can cross over between two sports. And, and that's kind of been my, my thing though. I, I do see this. I mean, do I, do I see myself as a professional? I don't, but like I do see it as, I mean, cause I am competing and I, in some ways I do see it as an act two. Like this is what I care about now, like competition wise. And I'm not, I'm not going out for, I love the game of golf but I'm not playing in these tournaments for enjoyment. Like I'm not doing it because like, Oh, golf's fun. Like that's, that's not why I'm playing. I'm playing cause I want to compete in them and I want to win them. I don't, I don't, I'm not just, that's not what I do it for. And um, I think that's probably what people are like, Oh yeah. That, how cute is that? That's fun. Danny Woodhead now loves golf and he plays in a few member guests and yada, yada, yada. I don't, I don't have that interest. I mean, to be honest, I don't have mem- mem- member be- member guest interest in like unless it was like playing at the Quest with Riggins, like where we can have a great time and compete together. Like I just I want to play in the biggest stuff that I can play in Am Golf in Nebraska right now and and see where it takes me. I mean, someone's like, oh yeah, so where do you go from here? Well, I don't know. We have the four ball, like so. I'm very interested in playing very well there. And, and then obviously, I mean, I'd love to continue to get better and see if uh, I can, you know, make one of those national championships um, as an individual too. Well, what about maybe having Regan's live his quarterback dream out next year? Can we do a reversal where his hips are replaced? Maybe arena league kicks in. We get Jack out no. there one, one quarter. No. Can we, Oh God. we combine him in there. You work with him, Danny. You work on his mobility. Do you not remember what we just said about Slauson? Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. but we can get you in. Like, you can say you played professionally no. at a level of quarterbacking at some level. We just oh. – Danny motivates you. I like will give up – I would give up golf and just caddy for Danny every day before I would try to do that. We're not doing that. There's no more <laughs> – There's no more 40-yard <laughs> out pattern that you're, no. you're going to be throwing – okay. So that I dreams mean, are – I mean, no. No. There's – like – there is no interest and that's, what's cool about Danny or even me. I mean, obviously we can talk about our old careers um, and, and you see something on TV or something and you watch, but like, 
And I tell, I tell people that we work with, like, you need to do things to the best of your ability for as long as you can so that you can be done with it. Right. Like, okay, I did it. And now I'm going to the next thing. And I think what you'll find and, you know, to your idea of like the golf and why, why it is a good story is we're process driven people. Like we, if we want to do something, then we're going to set goals and we're going to set micro goals and we're just going to start working on those and, you know, kind of chewing our way up the ladder. And obviously, you know, Danny's story on a national scale for football, um, it shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, he's, he worked his way into that. That just doesn't happen overnight, even though, you know, obviously, like he said, he was born with some talent. <laughs> Everybody has some talent and people right. that want to be football players all have talent and speed and these things. So, so Danny, you know, when you get to know him, you find out, how he's focused on the process. You know, if you listen to me talk about SEAL team, you know, wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest, just process little goals. So it makes sense that golf, a sport where you very much have to focus on process and you very much have to focus on the right reps and things like that is something that attracts us. And at the same time, what's neat about golf and for all amateurs out there, whether you're just want to compete in your club or, you know, on up is who knows where you can go because set the process. It doesn't lie. You shoot the score, you shoot, you, you know, in all these other sports and, and we talk a lot of crap, of course, but in golf, it's real simple. You tee it up and you play and the guy with the lowest score wins simple, easy. You know, if you fail or you didn't play up to your best, you learn, you go back tomorrow process. Right. And so that's, I think what we love, um, you know, even being on the bag and watching guys do that, that's just as cool. I mean, as doing it yourself. Right. But obviously I think anybody that takes their golf serious, the same process, right. To be great or better than you were today is what you're chasing, whether it's, you're trying to come down from a 20 to a 10, you know, or you're trying to be an elite amateur. Um, and that's, what's cool for Danny. I mean, It'll be my first USGA event on the bag. Um, we're lucky in Nebraska to be, you know, in our 30s and 40s, have groups that play, kind of have the freedom to go play. Um, but we're just out trying to climb a mountain, attack a goal, right? And and Danny, the greatest thing I thought was after they got in and it kind of settled, they both looked at each other, Mike and Danny, and they're like, dude, this has been like a lifelong goal of mine. <laughs> And, right. you know, yeah. in the case of Danny, we'd say three-year goal. Yeah. And, and I mean, the pride, not that they had got there and it's over. It's just the beginning. Like, I know that because for us and the people we surround ourselves with in the golf thing, like, it's just the beginning. I don't know if there'll ever be any more stuff like this, but to us, it's just – part of the process of winning and competing against ourselves. And to me, that's what golf is and why this story should resonate with people because anybody truly can compete in this game. And it's, it's like the U S open. I hate to make the tin cup reference, but you know, anybody can qualify. Right. It's pretty awesome. I think it's a great story. Um, I'm certainly proud of you. Like it's, I know the work you guys have put in and I've been fortunate enough to where I caddied for a buddy who got into the mid am and I was in the bag that day. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Like this was cool to get, you know, work with somebody, part of the team, get it over the hump. So no, I, I, uh, 
I love it, man. Uh, I love the effort. I love the passion, you know, golf's, you know, outside of my family and kids and stuff, it's my life. So right. see you guys accomplish this to be friends with you guys and to kind of be on board with a little bit of rooting you guys along the way. It's awesome. So couldn't be happier for you both, but I, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be watching Chambers to see what happens. I think, like I said, it's a great story for somebody who put the effort, the work in, the passion for the game to see the that hard work come out to a positive outcome. It's cool, man. It's inspirational. Like to, to put that effort forward, see it happen. I don't know. It's a great story. It's cool. It's awesome. Couldn't be happier for you guys both. And Riggins, uh, you know, I don't know if the caddy gets enough credit, but I know the part you play in it. It's pretty good stuff, my man. No, good I didn't stuff. hit a shot. Uh, he, he did his job. He did his, he job. Did his job. That's right. I laugh. did my job. Kicked him in the ass when he needed it. Yeah, that's exactly. When he wanted it. Right? right. That's what a good caddy does. <laughs> Oh, I only, man. I only, I only looked at his partner one time with my eyes, like, "Oh Jesus, this is not the right club." And and, and I hit it pulled feet. off a sweet knockdown <laughs> four iron, sweet, not into the wind. Should have been a six iron. <laughs> and but it all worked. It, and he's like, "I got it, partner." And I backed off, and I looked at his partner. I was like, I literally was making the sign of the cross. And I don't know what you hit that to ten feet. It was awesome. Yeah. So well, keep it rolling. Um, Sure, I'll be in contact with you guys. Thanks for coming on today. And uh, yeah, follow uh, follow Jack or follow Danny on social media. It's a great follow. Um, work they do at Performance Mountain. It's fantastic. Out of nowhere podcast. I don't know how many times, uh, you know, I've been sitting there listening because I know the characters and just in tears when, you know, when you guys go off on a tangent or Dark Side of Alita, what Jack does is great as well. So it's good stuff, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and, you know, keep grinding it out. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Jason.